super excited to, to be sharing the, the gospel message. Uh, and I, as I was putting this together, I, I just realized some things. And this morning, I want to talk to you about 100 and, and how we can live differently and what it means to live 100. And um, before I do that, I think it's important that before I do any type of teaching or anything like that, that it's important that I share a little bit of my backstory. And uh, I know our students on Wednesdays, we have a few up here uh, in the front row, which is awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, that have heard my story, at least uh, some portions of my story. And I want to share a little bit of that with you this morning. And I used to think living at 100 meant living for myself, living selfishly, living for what I could acquire. I thought living 100 was was living for the money. Um, I, I thought living 100 was was the nightlife and the thrill of getting into trouble. Um, yeah, I see some of y'all laughing. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I used to think living 100 was substance abuse. Drugs and alcohol. I used to think 100 was materials and what people thought about me. But then there was this moment where I collided with Jesus. And my life was forever and completely changed. And I'm here to tell you this morning that I'm here celebrating 20 years of serving Jesus this year. Thank you, Jesus. He's so awesome. He's so mighty. He's so powerful. He is so real. And he is so available to you and I today. But I had to, I had to meet him to truly understand what living differently or living 100 meant. And, um, if you haven't noticed already, we're going to be looking at Psalm 100 this morning. So if you want to turn there, pretty easy. Psalm 100, living differently, living 100. And, uh, I want to read this to you this morning. Shout for the joy you have for the Lord, all the earth. And we just, we just shouted, we just celebrated. And then verse two, it says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with Praise, give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, I just want to say that those things that I thought were a hundred, they actually left me in the negative. Some of those things almost took me out. But when I read this psalm, I, I, I do have to preface that there are some people in this place that are going through some things. There's some real hardships going on. There's some stuff. There's some struggles. There's some frustrations that are going on for some people right now. And, and there's some things that you've gone through that were very hard and difficult but I can tell you this, that in the middle of everything that we've got going on, in the middle of the struggle, in the middle of the hardships, it is 
possible to experience Jesus and his goodness even still. And as we dive into this text, you'll be quick to notice that there is not one single sad note to the song. Basically, the sad is being pushed out. This whole composition runs without any break or division. God is praised from the beginning to the end. This particular psalm rises to its highest pitch. And you all know your favorite songs, okay? And when they come on, whatever they are, alright, um, you tell everybody, hey, quiet down, and you crank it up. You turn it up as loud as it will go, because it's your song, it's your jam, it's what you have considered as your song that everybody's got to hear it. Doesn't matter who they are or where you're at, they got to hear it. And my son, his favorite song, Wesley's favorite song right now is Help is on the Way by Toby Mac. And whenever we're in the car, he wants to crank it up. It's a song about Jesus and he loves it. And we'll pull into his school and it's, it's blasting. It's loud. And we listen to it and he jams out. But this Song, this psalm is written and it's being, it's being, uh, worshiped and people are singing at the highest volume. So let's turn it up. Let's turn it up this morning. It's also a picture, uh, painted of loyal subjects or people that are celebrating their, their king that is arriving and going into his kingdom. They're, they're, they're excited. They're ecstatic. They're, 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 they're just pumped that, that their king is, is near them. So it's kind of like a music video with a song, so to speak. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that and join in that. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with, with the king that I know, or maybe you know somebody that doesn't know the king, Jesus, I'd ask you to consider today making him the ruler of your life. And for those of you who know people, pray for them that they encounter the Jesus that we know and that we're talking about today. But we're going to look at the five verses. There's only five. So we're going to start in verse one. And it says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. We're to shout to our king. He is all powerful and he is mighty to save. And I've experienced that power and I've experienced his might in my life and his rescue from those things that were taking me down, that were leaving me in the negative. Jesus wants to hear from us, but the enemy, he wants you silent. He wants you whispering. Yeah. He doesn't want us to say anything. He wants to, he wants, he wants us to lose our voice. The verse also says, all the earth. This is an invitation to all. There's no exclusivity. There's no this group and then there's that group. No, this is all encompassing. This is, this is no exclusiveness. This is everyone. There isn't any exclusivity, but there is some accountability because see, Jesus, our King, He does require us to live at a certain standard. 
And if we're loyal to Jesus, if we love him, if he is truly the ruler of our life, we will want to shout and we will want to live and do what he says because he is our king. And as we head into Thanksgiving, let's remember that. Let's remember who our king is and who Jesus is and that his invitation is to all. Then the scriptures say, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Now this particular verse speaks to our emotions and I feel like emotions in culture and in church sometimes get a bad rap. Like we can't get emotional. Like it's weakness or it's dysfunctional or it just doesn't have its place in our faith or in culture. And I'm here to tell you that if Jesus doesn't have our emotions, he doesn't have all of us. And he wants all of us this morning. And like all of you, I know what it's like to cry because of pain. I know what it's like to cry because of being mistreated. I know what it's like to cry because of loss. I know what it's like to cry because the world's just going crazy and you can't find any focus and, and you don't know what to do. So you just, you just cry and you just try to do something. But all you can do is sob. But I also know what it means. Cause see, when it says to bring to bring this, this gladness. It's talking about a cry of gladness. I know what it, I know what it feels like to cry because of gladness and because of God's faithfulness and because of God's love and because of God's power and might displayed in my life. Not just that one day where I was addicted to something and then the next moment was completely set free. I'm talking about time and time and time again. I have experienced His his goodness and I can't help but cry about it. Amen. In just a couple of weeks, I shared this in the first service. I I was in the back there with uh, uh, Miss D and we were singing some hymns and uh, the hymn that we were singing just struck a chord in my heart and uh, I just started, I just started crying. I almost started sobbing, um, and uh, I, as I was like, just having that moment, um, I was reminded of the hymns that I grew up around, and that even before I knew Jesus, I heard His song, and and it and it struck a chord in my heart, and I'm back there, and I'm crying, and and. Uh, I wasn't crying because of how bad my voice is, okay? Because it's it's really bad, and I and I love people that shoot truth at me, okay? And Miss D that day, she let me know that don't don't get too loud, okay? Because because it, it was pretty bad, and I'm thankful that in the contemporary that that Brett he rocks out a little bit louder, so I can get a little bit louder, but um. But, but, but I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope that people don't think I'm just this new staff member that's a, a mess. Even though I am still a mess and I need Jesus just as much as the next person every day. I was back there crying because I was glad. And you can have that kind of cry. It is available to all of us. 
We can cry because of our gladness in him. And then it says to bring, um, that we're able to come before him. See, our king, I think it's really cool. We can get as close to Jesus as we want. You can come before him. You can draw close to him. You can get to know him. You can come to our king. And I know that in, in culture and throughout civilization, that's just not the case. There were people that protected the king. And if you came close, even if you, it was good heart, good motives, you were going to get taken out. You couldn't come to the king. You'd get knocked out by the secret service. But our king, Jesus, we can get as close to as we want. I'm so grateful for that 100 reminder that we can come before our king. And then it says to come with him with joyful songs. Now, like I said, I can't sing and I can't write a song. But I can sing a song, kind of, that someone else has written. And bring my joy to the table. And I've been kind of saying throughout the morning that, you know, when we think of sad songs, I feel like country music gets a bad rap. Just to be honest, it's my opinion. You know, they say, say country music, you lose your, your, your cat, your dog, your car, your wife, but if you play it in reverse, you get it all back. Alright? You know that joke. And I actually like country music. Don't judge me. I like country music. And, and if we're being honest, all genres of music have sad songs. Let's just be honest. But Jesus wants us to bring a song of joy. And joy, what I know about joy is joy isn't manufactured. It's something that Jesus places in us that cannot be taken from us. We can only hand it over. We can only give it away. And he's saying to bring, the author is saying to bring the joy and the songs of joy. Then we get to know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us and we are his and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord is good. The the author that is inspired by God that is writing this, there's some debate that it was Moses or David. Either way, the author is inspired by God and he is he is saying that we can know God intelligently and experientially. And that as long as I've been here, um, at no point have I have I heard the leadership or Pastor Denville say to anybody, leave your brain at the door. No, bring it in. Study the word of God. Know the word of God. Understand it. Bring your questions. Experiment with it. And I promise you, as you test it, God is going to show himself if we open up our minds and we allow God to show us what he wants to educate us with through his word. But then it talks about experience. We can we can experience the very presence and essence of who God is. And that day 20 years ago, when I changed from the negative towards the 100 that God offers, I felt the very supernatural presence and essence of God fall upon my life and I fell to the ground and I began to weep and I began to cry. Not because I was sad, but because I was glad that God was doing something in me. And I got up from that moment and my life has never been the same since. But that wasn't the last time that I experienced his presence and his power. 
I felt his presence during our worship, during the handbells. And that I, I, maybe, maybe you didn't. I, I know that I did because I just welcomed God into my life. All in. And maybe you know what I'm talking about, but he wants, to, he wants to fill your life with his presence during your Bible reading time. When you pray his word over your life. When you're going into the schools. When you're at your jobs. When you're at your homes. He wants to be there with us. And then it says, it is he who made us and we are his. And this is just saying, hey, we've got this stubborn loyalty to our King Jesus. And we're going to tell as many people about him as we possibly can. We're going to delight ourselves in him. And not be ashamed of it. And I think it's quite comical sometimes when you read the Bible. That there's humor through the Bible. And it, this portion of the, of the scriptures end with that we're his sheep. And that we're part of his pasture. Right? Some of you that have studied sheep, you know, like, I think they're like one of the only animals on the planet that God created that actually need us to take care of them. Okay? Like, they're, they're, they're just dumb. Like, just be honest. Like, they, if they go to a river, they'll get too far into the river and drown themselves. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll eat poisonous plants and, um, you know, they, they can't really take care of themselves and keep themselves clean. Like they actually need care from a shepherd. And as I was studying that, I realized, okay, there's this picture of this king that we're celebrating, but wait a minute. He's also a servant. He's also a shepherd. My king, thank you Holy Spirit for sharing this with me. My king is a servant. He is a shepherd who is not afraid to get in the mud, to get in the muck with me, clean me up, and show me what, 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 what his best is for my life. We serve a king that understands the mess and isn't afraid of it. Praise Jesus. He's not afraid of our mess. And no matter how much intellect we have or how many achievements we, we can gain and all that, like it says, know God intelligently, but we can't pride ourselves in that. We gotta remember, we're still sheep <laughs> and God still has a lot to teach us. But we can know Him with our intellect and we can know His presence. Then we get to verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The gates and the courts are open to all. Open everywhere to anyone that receives Jesus as king. There's nothing dividing us from him. And it says to enter with thanksgiving and praise. And I'm here to tell you that there's so many times that I come in on a Sunday. uh, And and the last two things that are on my heart or on my song is thanksgiving and praise. Usually it's the stuff that I've got to get back to that are task oriented or the problems that I'm facing. But but Jesus wants us to flip the script and, and remind ourselves of the things that we're thankful for. And that the things that we can praise him for. And as I was looking at this, I was reminded of, of a story that really fits well with Thanksgiving as we enter into that time. And when, um, if you read the New England colonies, um, when they were first being planted by the settlers, 
the, the settlers endured many difficulties and hardships and challenges and stuff like that. And what they did, and I think it was the right thing, they took that, that feeling, that, that emotion, and they, they came to God and they went to Him and, and, and they prayed. And, and it says that they fasted. They, they, if you don't know what fasting is, that's taking a break from like real food and dedicating that time to draw close to God and to get to know Him. So they, they were fasting and they were praying and it says that they did this for weeks, sometimes months. But then finally, this older, more seasoned colonist stepped up and said this, and I want to read it to you. He says, they have focused long enough over their misfortune. It's time to see God's mercies. The colony is growing strong. The fields are increasing in harvest. Our rivers are full of fish. Our woods full of game to hunt. The air is healthy. Our homes are happy. And above all else, we have what we came for. Full civil and religious liberties. Then he says, we must end the fast and propose a day of thanksgiving. This guy had God in, on his mind, yes. And he was, I think he was hungry. I, I think he was ready to eat. Let's eat. Let's, let's celebrate. We've got, we've got God's grocery store. Let's go. Let's eat and celebrate what God has done. Perspective changes the approach. And then lastly, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all Generations, And we just heard Jonathan talk about the, the persecuted church. And Jesus and his church have been persecuted since the day they started. But it will endure. It will remain. It will be sustainable. It will not perish. It will hold fast forever. And we're a part of that. And then we see the word faithfulness. And I just want to get ready to, to, to land here. But when we see the word faithfulness, you need to be reminded. I was reminded of this. That faithfulness, it doesn't just speak of what God has done. It speaks to what God is actively doing, what he continues to do. Our God is alive. His power is real and it is available for us in this place and everyone outside of this place. And that's why we, we talk about it. And I want to invite everybody here to pray for my wife, Mercy, myself, our team, and the students for for what God has for us. But I want to say thank you for showing us that his love endures forever. That his goodness is forever. That his faithfulness continues through all generations. So, don't lose your voice. Don't lose your voice. Remove anything that divides Remember what he's done and anticipate what he's going to do next.